rejoice and we celebrate the fact that you came. The scripture says in Isaiah, oh, that you would rip the heavens or tear back the heavens and come down. Lord, that is what you did. You tore back the heavens. You tore back the veil that separated us from our Father. And you came down and became man so that you could die yourself, be that supreme sacrifice. You are the, the Lamb of God who has taken away the sins of the world. And now you are the Lion of the tribe of Judah. So we praise you this morning. We worship you that you tore back the heavens and you came down. Yes. A baby in a manger. Yes. Looked kind of lonely. Looked kind of small. But God, we know that you're a mighty God. And you came in a lowly state just to prove that you're mighty. That you're mightier than a lowly state. So we praise you, God. We thank you for all that you did by sending Jesus. We thank you, God. We praise you that we have the victory because of Jesus. Yes, that God. we just simply believe that you came after us with reckless abandon. You came after us when we were still your enemy. You came back. You came after us. While we were yet sinners, you died for us. While we were still in our mess, you loved us. While we were still out there doing our own thing, not even thinking about you, you had us on your mind. God, we praise you for that. We glorify you. We magnify you. That you... That you looked down upon us. Hallelujah. And came and pulled us out of a pit. Yes. Thank you, God. You've set us on solid ground. You've set us on our way and caused us to be overcomers. Through your word, overcomers. Through your Holy Spirit. We're overcomers because of who we are. We're your children, Lord God. We are your children. You are our Father. So we praise you this morning. We give you glory and honor and thank you. Thank you, God, for all that you've thank done. Thank you. Lord, we seal this prayer in the mighty and this worship, this worship, we seal it in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. We declare our hearts are prepared to receive the word this morning, yes. that we're ready to hear from you, Lord God, and our fruit will, will remain. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. 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 Would you turn and greet as many people as you can in the next couple of minutes? Maybe find somebody that you don't know and say good morning. God bless you. Can we turn some lights on in here, please? And you need both. Praise God. Amen. All right. Now, inside your welcome packet, 
if I can call your attention to a couple of things. The first thing you'll see is a little connection card. If you would pull that out, um, and uh, we already have your information, just set it on the seat behind, beside you, and we'll use God's paper again. Amen. Glad you are that they're here. Amen. So if you could, just fill this card out so we have your information for you being here for the very first time so we know who you are. If you would, just fill it out and hold on to it until the end of service. At the end of service, we'll, we'll, we receive our offering at the end of service, and you can just drop your card in the, in the basket at the very end of service. All right? So just fill that out with your name. Make sure I can read your cell phone number. I'm not going to blow your phone up or anything like that, but I probably do want to call and just say welcome and, and so glad that you came. Amen? So um, just fill that out, and then also I'll probably give you a little more information about what to do with the card at the very end as well. Then also inside there's an offering envelope. Like I said, we receive our offering at the end of service. So if you just set that to the side, we'll be doing that um, towards the end of service. All right. So how's everybody? Everybody good? Y'all getting more ready for Christmas? Y'all ready to eat today? I know I'm ready to throw down. Amen. Then I'm going to start my diet. <laughs> Anybody else know where you're at too? Me too. Let me get past these holidays. <laughs> because it's just almost no use, right? No. It's just almost no use. Well, praise God. All right. Well, I am so super excited this morning. Let me move this over to the side. Because, you know, I know you know, we, we, we're in Declare It December, and uh, Declare It December is all about knowing the Word of God and declaring the Word of God over our lives. Amen? Amen. And being founded and grounded in the Word. You have to be founded in His Word. You have to build your house on a, a firm foundation, right? Yes. Jesus said, the wise man dug deep, and he built his house on a rock. Yes. And when the storms came and beat against that house, he said it could not fall. It was impossible for the house to fall because it was well built and well founded on a rock. And then he said a foolish man is someone who built his house on sand. And when the storms came and the flood arose, said that house fell and great was its fall. So the storms of life, the winds of life are coming for all of us. You have to make sure that you have built your house on something that will withstand the storm. Amen. Amen. And, and what we build our lives on is on the Word of God. Who you know God made us? Yes. He created us. Yes. And he, he created us with a plan in mind. And that plan is that we would live according to His Word. And, uh, and so we have to learn what that Word is. We come into the kingdom of God. We accept Jesus. We really don't know. We, you know, He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. My ways are higher than the heavens are from the earth. Yes. Than, than the way you think. So we have to reprogram ourselves to think God's thoughts. Yes. We have to present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. So as we renew our minds in the word of God, we literally transformation takes place. You become solid. Amen. Amen. You become solid. And uh, that's the way God wants us to live. That's the way we can live an abundant life is when we live solid. And you live solid when you are you built your life on something you know that you know that you know. Yes. Amen. Amen. And something that, that lasts. And that is the word of God. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, God says. He says, but it shall go out and accomplish the thing for wherein he sent it. Amen. Amen. So it's important that we get grown up in his word. That's why on Sunday mornings we have a class called Firm Foundation. And Pastor Carolyn is the teacher. Pastor Carolyn, would you come and join me? I'm, I'm super excited this morning because we have so much. Pastor Carolyn teaches that class. And, and Murray comes home just raving because Murray's in, my husband Murray is in her class. And he said that the class is just phenomenal. Yes. And that you do an amazing job. So Amen. can y'all please help me appreciate Pastor Carolyn. She does a wonderful job. You can't help but love Pastor Carolyn. And the way that she presents the word in such a real and practical way is just wonderful. So this morning we have five graduates. So I need somebody to get ready with the camera so we can take pictures of all of them. Pastor Carolyn, what would you like to say? So excited, y'all I guess I need to settle down. I'm so excited. Y'all, I get excited in the class, and I always kind of tease and say, if someone would just not talk so much during class, we could get through the whole lesson. 
Well, that happened this morning, but we just get caught up. Look, they're shaking their heads. Like, you're agreeing with me? Yeah. But I, I have enjoyed this. I don't know how long I've been doing it, but every class I learn along with this, the participants. I learn something every, every time I teach this. That's why I think that even if you've been through a firm foundation, it's good to go through it again. I reworked it about, what, three or four years ago? Reworked it, and it's even deeper and better than it ever was before. Amen. So if you've been through it, you're a veteran, that's good. Paul, uh, Peter said, I think it's good while I'm in this tent that I keep you stirred up. Yes. I know you know these things and you're grounded in them, but I think it's good that I stir you up by way of remembrance. Sometimes just, you know, for God so loved the world yes. can really minister to you. Just Come on. because, you know, that's a foundation in his word. So... Um, I, it's not a bad idea for anybody who's even been through it before to come at 9.30 on Sunday mornings, ish, <laughs> and, uh, and, and be in these classes. It's also a good way to get to know one another. Like this group of graduates all wanted to wait so they could graduate together. So I think that's wonderful that you, the camaraderie that you feel. You get to really know one another. So it's really awesome. So if you would call out your students' names and call them up front. Kendra Gray. And I just want to say for the young people, this is really a, this is an opportunity for me to get to, uh, I'm cool now. I know some cool stuff. <laughs> 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 so y'all don't mess with me now. Don't mess with me now. It's just, it was just a pleasure to work with the young people and uh, just learn from them and just hear some of their thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that's Melvina, Constantine, and 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 Vini. <laughs> we call it Vini. I have a vision to call it. And Vini was just, and they were committed. This was not just someone that they wouldn't just come every now and again. They were very committed and wanted to make sure that they were learning and growing. Hannah Victoria Gold. <laughs> Someone who has, I just watch her grow. Amen. I, I mean, personally, and, and you know, from a Christian standpoint, I watch her grow, and it's just such a good feeling. Charmaine Booker. Now, Charmaine is another one. I watched, and Charmaine, I watched Charmaine just grow and change, and she's got, I have to tell you something personal. Charmaine's got a job, and I have already seen the, really, I've already seen the improvement in, in how she interacts, and she's working hard uh, with, being a good employee, so Yay. I appreciate it. And last but not least is Barbara O'Donnell. Now, this Barbara finished, she's one of the, actually, I think Vinnie and um, Kendra and Barbara finished, but they wanted to finish, graduate with the class, with their class. And now this is a 12-week class, and each lesson is an independent lesson. And if you miss a lesson, or like like Terry Denise today was in, a, she came in and stayed in the class, although she had actually done number three, but she wanted to stay in the class. So, yeah, flip it. Amen. So this is the class. So let me get let Murray. Murray's taking a picture. Oh, that was a deal. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to just give the mic to them. And this is, did you want to say something? This She's shy. She had a good time and she learned a lot. Okay. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap three people. High five and say, you better declare it. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, if you would, have a seat and open up your note sheet. You have a clipboard there so that you can write on. If you don't have a clipboard, raise your hand and somebody pass them, pass them a clipboard. All right. So here we go. We are in December and we, we are calling this month the Declare It December. Amen? Amen. Declare It December. Because we're focusing on the importance.
importance of our words. It's critical that we get our words right in our life. That we're not speaking just any kind of way. We're not talking negative stuff, but we're talking positive stuff. That we're speaking God's word. Not, not what we see, not the situations that we're in, but we're speaking what we want to have. Amen? Amen. Our words are very powerful. Death and life is in the power of our tongue. And so let's look today... Um, and number one, we're looking at the tremendous power of our words. Amen. So what if this morning, what if I were to tell you, you know, we've been focusing on breakthrough all year long, not just any breakthrough, but incredible breakthrough. How many of you could imagine something breaking through in your life that could cause you to catapult to another level? Amen. You can see yourself owning your own business rather than just being an employee punching somebody's time clock. Yes. You can see yourself at another level. You can see yourself owning a house rather than renting an apartment. You can see yourself going to another level in life. Well, see, God wants us to experience incredible breakthrough. He wants you to go from faith to faith to faith, from glory to glory to glory. Come on, He wants us to change into His image. He wants us to grow and become mature through His Word. I mean, some of the breakthroughs that we need are spiritual breakthroughs. But what if I were to tell you that your breakthrough is in your mouth? Amen. What if I told you this morning that that thing that you feel like is so far away and so difficult and so hard to do is really just right in your mouth? It's a matter of you changing the things that you've been saying. Maybe it's just a matter of changing the things that, that you don't say. Sometimes it's choosing to keep your mouth shut and not let some things come out of your mouth. So what if I told you this morning, you can have that incredible breakthrough just by what you choose to not let come out of your mouth. About what you decide you will say on purpose, strategically. I'm working on something here. When people say, what's the matter with her? Don't you worry about it. I'm working on something. Come on now. You gotta, what are you working on? That's why I've asked everybody to get a journal. Get a journal. And if you haven't been here and you haven't heard yet, get a journal. Why? Because we're writing down the word. We're writing down those things that we have a vision for. The Bible says write the vision and make it plain on tablets so he can run. See, part of the reason why we don't have our mouths right is because we don't have our minds right because we're just kind of going off the cuff. Come on, Pastor. you got to get a plan. And then once you've got a plan, you've got to execute it. Yes, you got to write that plan out. you got to write out the vision for your life. What is it that you're believing God for? Write it down. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. I write in my journal every single day. I write the scripture reference every single day. Sometimes I write it out in a different translation every day. Mark 11, 22 through 24, talking about our words and having faith in God and declaring those things that be not as though they were. You know, I, I write it down so that I can formulate a faith confession concerning my words. And not only that... Whatever is going on in your life, I have some things that I confess over my life regularly. Mm-hmm. And do I, I don't, I, my husband doesn't even know some of the things that I confess over my life and over our life. Amen. Because it's between me and God. Come on, Amen. Amen. But I see things change sometimes on in a few minutes. Yes. Because I choose to declare what I want yes. and not what I see. Yes. So I've got, some of it I write in my journal, some of it's just in my heart. But I'm declaring God's word. Amen. Amen. And you can change things around. Your breakthrough is in your mouth. But to get your mouth right, you've got to write it down. Get organized. Organize your thoughts. Because sometimes our thoughts can be all over. I'm thinking about Christmas. I'm thinking about going to work. I'm thinking i got to fix this on my car. I'm thinking, you know, the dog needs to go to the vet. i got a lot of stuff on my mind. And then we just, we just, we prioritize those things and we don't prioritize what am I speaking over my life? Because your mouth is your creator. You'll have whatsoever you say. And so, number one, words are carriers of creative power. So your words are not just words. Words are more than just sound. Did you hear me? Words are more than just sound. It is not just sound, but words are carriers of creative power. Your words carry life or they carry death. What are your words carrying? What are you what what are you giving an assignment to with your words? It's not just sound. It's creative power. Proverbs 18:21. Death 
and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat of its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Would y'all underline that, please? So the words that we speak, we will live and bear the consequences of the words that we speak. Now, I felt somebody right then started to get under condemnation. Man, my mouth has been messed up. Man, I'm in a mess. Look, don't receive condemnation. Let's turn that thing around. Turn it around. Let's turn it around today. But don't let condemnation come on you. Man, I'm, mm, she's fussing to me. I'm not talking. I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, let's turn it around. Amen. 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 All right. So you'll bear the consequences of your words. Or, you know, the consequences of speaking right words is what? Good stuff. You're going to get the results of the word. To speak the word means I'm going to get the results of speaking those right words. Yeah. All right, look at it in the message translation. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Mm-hmm. Put a big circle around you choose. They're either poison or they're fruit. But you get to choose. That's the one thing you have control over in your life. I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I have any control over, like where you come from. What kind of life you were born into. You don't have a lot of control about that. But you can control the words that you speak. Which means you can control the life that you live. It's the one thing you can control. Matthew 12, 36 says, words are powerful. Take them seriously. And in the message it says it like this. And I tell you this. You must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you. Or condemn you. You might say, oh, Lord, I'm in a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I felt that very same way. But then, you know, when I learned the word of grace, that Jesus paid the price for all the words. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He paid the price on the cross for all those words that we spoke that we shouldn't have. Amen. And once it's under the blood, it's under the blood. And when we mess up, you know, the blood covers our sin. Amen. So praise God that there's a grace there for those words that we that we have said. It, just like Tamar said this morning, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God removes our sin from us. You know, if you started going west on the earth, you just keep going west forever. If you started going um, east on the earth, east or west, if you start going either way, you just keep going east forever and ever. You never stop going east as long as you've maintained an easterly direction, right? But if you go north, eventually you'll go what? To the north pole. South. Yeah. You go north, if you just spin around the globe, eventually you'll go south, right? So the east, you'll never catch up to the west. You get it? Uh-huh. Those sins can never catch up to you again. That's right. good news. So once you get those sins under the blood, those words that you said, come on, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. So we'll be acquitted by our words. Jesus, that's the word I speak over all those words. Amen. The price that he paid. And then look, James 3, 2 through 5 in the message says, if you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a what? In what? Perfect control of life. You find a perfect person in perfect control of life. Wow. How many of you ever feel like your life has got control of you? Rather than you having control of your life. That just said that if I can get my words right, I can get my life right. In perfect control of life. And that scripture goes on to say that, you know, when you put a bit in the mouth of a horse, that you can steer a big old horse any direction you want it to go just by getting a hold of his mouth. The reins and the bit goes in his mouth. You can turn him any direction. You A whole horse will say, yes, let's go that way. You're in my mouth. I will go whichever way I want you to go. Go back this way. Okay, 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 okay. It doesn't take a whole lot of pressure. It will take a whole lot of pressure on your mouth. Once you, it becomes your lifestyle. Yes. Once you get you you get in the flow, it becomes your lifestyle. It becomes who you are. Amen. Amen. And it's wonderful. Then you get to where you can't stand to hear somebody talking negative. Come on now. But you be in perfect control of life. And then also, you know, a rudder on a ship is very small compared to a ship. I mean, that's why the Titanic hit the iceberg, right? Because the rudder was kind of small. If it had a bigger rudder, it might have missed that iceberg. It could have changed history, but it just couldn't turn fast enough. But but that rudder turns the whole ship. Amen? It's small compared to the whole thing, but it turns the whole ship. It, and God is saying your life is like that. Your tongue seems very small compared to the rest of you. But you can steer your whole life by beginning to steer your words. Amen. Number two, 
We have the power to choose our words and change our lives. That's power. I have the power to choose my words, what I'm going to think on, eventually will drop in my heart. Now they run so hard, my mouth will speak. So you've got to get yourself so convinced that it becomes revelation knowledge to you. Deuteronomy 30, 19. Look at this. This is so powerful. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. The words that you speak will affect not only you, but your children, your descendants. If your words are affecting more than just you. But he said before you, it's your choice, life and death, blessing and cursing. It's, it's, it's set before you. You can choose to speak life or you can choose to, to curse yourself with the words that you speak. I think this is really cool. Look, hate has four letters, so does love. Enemies has seven letters, so does friends. Lying has five letters, so does truth. Negative has eight letters, so does positive. Cry has three letters, so does joy. Anger has five letters, so does happy. Wrong has five letters, so does right. Sick has four letters, so does heal. Or hurt. Amen. Glory to God. So for every negative word or every negative situation, there is a life option alongside of it. There always has to be a life option. So you're experiencing a situation that's less than great. Okay, so God, you've set before me life and death, blessing and cursing. Now choose life. Where's my life option? See, too many times we're asking the wrong question. God, why? God, why is this happening to me? Why, Lord? Why? You need to stop asking why and say, where is my favor? Where is my blessing? Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But he has revealed it to them through his spirit. So, Lord, where is my favor? Where is those things that I haven't seen? I can't even fathom those that exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think. Where is it, Lord? Show me where it is. Lead me to it. Where is my life option? There's always got to be a life option for you to choose. Next to any negative situation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation or trial has come to you. That is beyond human resistance. And that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience. So other people go through the same type of stuff. See, the devil wants to isolate you and make you think you're the only one who's going through something yeah. so awful. I have people tell me all the time, we pass out you and her saying, well, yeah, I do. Don't make me start telling you all the stuff I've been through. Yes, Lord. That I choose to keep rising up. Amen. I choose to keep choosing yeah. my life option. That's yeah. why I'm still standing here because I just refuse to quit. Right. I keep choosing life. Yeah, there's stuff stuff that happens in my life. Do I wish it hadn't? Yes, I wish I wish I could go back and it never happened. But you know what? I learned something in it. Yeah. And God gave me a life option right in it. And the option was to hold my head up and just keep going. Amen. 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 Hold your head up. Rise up. Choose to rise up and choose to just keep going. Amen. God's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's going to walk you right through every valley because that's the kind of God that he is. He'll leave the 99 and come after you. Amen. So there's nothing um, that's beyond human resistance or that's not adjusted and adapted and belonging to the human experience. It's part of being a human. You're going to go through stuff. And such as man can bear. But God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature, and he can be trusted not to let you be tempted, tried, and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation will also provide the way out. Uh Uh-oh, that must be the life option. Come on. The means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. So there's always a life option along with every trial or, or terrible thing that you go along with or that you can find yourself getting, getting into. But you begin to declare your way out of it. You begin to, to choose the life option and begin to say it. No matter what you see, hear, feel, taste, I don't care. 
You de declare what God's word says. Yes. Amen. Yes. All right. So there's a life, a life option that I can declare, believe, and receive. But um, so I have a life, a life choice, and that life choice is that I have the power to talk two things. Talk two things. Amen. Stop talking about things and start talking two things. We saw last week where Jesus talked to some stuff. He talked to a storm. He stood up in the boat and said, "Peace, be still." It said he he spoke to the sea and said be, and told him to, to calm down. He spoke to the sea and said, "Calm down." He spoke to the storm and said, "Peace." Amen. So so. You have the right to talk to stuff. He spoke to a tree, said, let no fruit ever grow on you again. Nobody will ever eat fruit from you again. He spoke to it. He spoke to dead people and said, come forth. Little girl, I say to you, arise. So he spoke to stuff. See, the power is in us talking to stuff and not talking about stuff. So when Jesus had cursed the fig tree, the next day it was withered up from the roots. It went from being a tree with leaves to being just a withered up twig by one, in one day. Then Peter said, Jesus, look, the tree that you cursed, it's already withered up in one day. And here's Jesus' response to it. He said, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you. I like it when Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you. He's really trying to assure us. Whoever says to this mountain, would you underline that? I bolded it for you, but would you underline it? Whoever says to this mountain, put a big circle around two. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So if we don't doubt in our hearts and we believe God's word enough, but see, how do I get that spirit of faith? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. I've got to hear more word than I do CNN news. Amen. I've got to hear more word than I hear, um, I don't know, Housewives of Pick a City. I've got, got, got to hear more word than I do rap music. I gotta hear more word than I do symphony or whatever it is, your flavor on, that you listen to. I gotta hear more word. More because word. If faith comes by hearing, amen, hearing. and hearing, not by what I heard. You might say, well, I heard that, I know that. No, but you gotta hear it. Faith comes by what you hear on a continual basis. Yeah. Amen. So yeah. I want the spirit of faith. How do I speak to it without doubting? Because I got so much word in me. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, a, I'm risen up out of my predicament just with my mind because I've, I've got the spirit of faith on me. Amen. So I'm ready to start talking to stuff. You hear enough word and you're going to rise up stronger than you were before. Amen. Yeah. You, you, you can't live without hearing the word of God. You're a spirit being. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Some of us are starving spiritually. We're starving. You can't starve. You can't live on a trickle. Come on now. See, we're trying to, we're trying to get a trickle and live with some power. Mm. That's good. Mm -mm. You gotta get under the flood of the word. Yeah. Yeah. It would happen in just for a week. Yes. It turned everything else off. I mean, the Snow household has nearly shut down because we got no TV or internet. <laughs> we have barely shut down. How we been? It's 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 bad. I'm telling you, it's bad. But see, if we heard more word than we did TV, or more word than we did Facebook. Come on, if we spend that time letting the let the word saturate us, mm -hmm. how much power would we have? Mm -hmm. How much faith would we have then? Yes. Ooh, I ain't mad at nobody on Facebook because I like to be some Facebook too. <laughs> I ain't mad at nobody who wants to watch their program. I got my shows too. Mm -hmm. Amen. But I got to make sure I fill up on the word yeah. also. Amen. Amen. That I have more word than I have anything than I have of anything else. All right. So. We can, we can talk to stuff. Amen. Just like we, we, we um, sang in the song this morning, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you're redeemed, you know, wait a minute. Sickness, infection in my foot. Oh, no, I'm redeemed. Yes. Jesus, Jesus bore that on the way to the cross. By his stripes, I'm healed. No, no, I'm not going to stand for that. Infection in my foot. No, you got to go. You cannot live on my body. You cannot live in my bones. My bones. Oh, 
will dry up in the name of Jesus. You will line up with the word. Man, you look at your finances, it don't look right. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Oh no, I'm not going to live in poverty, but Lord God, you became poor that I might become rich and abundantly supplied. So I speak to my checkbook. You you are not, that is not God's best for me. That is not God's will. I declare, I command you to be filled up. Money come in Jesus' name. It's not the will of God for you to not have a job. Yes, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So God, where is my job? Right. Where is my job? Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. Ooh, come on. Sometimes people say, Pastor Ellie, if you don't pay my light bill by 12 tomorrow, my life's going to get shut up. Uh-uh. They're not going to get cut off because I didn't pay. Come on. They don't shut it off until they give you a whole lot of time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I don't know where I was going with that, but let me just get back over here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No, it's, it's the will of God that you would have a job. Amen. Amen. And so it, it's important that you that you that you that you get one. Amen. God's not going to go against His word. Amen. And His word says, if you don't work, you don't eat. So you got to have a job. All right. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Joel three ten says, let the weak say, I am strong. Me and Pastor Robert worked hard this week. Did we not work hard? We worked hard this week on that stained floor. Uh, we, we had to get one of those big uh, machines and, and sand up the glue on that floor. It was no joke. Whew. Man, we say, this, this glue is something else, but it's not going to beat us. And, and, that, and that sander, man, you hold on to it. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> Pastor Robert, you know, because he's big and strong. You know, Pastor Robert said, everybody can see how big and strong you are. No, man, <laughs> but he's got big like a, a bull. He's just so strong. So he's sitting there, he's holding this thing, and he's giving it all he's got to try to keep it from taking him out in the parking lot. And you knew I was going to say this. I'm like, Pastor, you know I want to try, right? <laughs> it may flip me all the way over on that stage, but I got to try it. Got to try it. <laughs> so he, he gave it to me, let me try it, and you know, I'm working and I learned that, you know, the more gentle you were with it, the more you didn't have yes. to fight. The more you fight yes. with it, the more to fight with you. The more gentle you were with it, that it would kind of go where you wanted it to go. It kind of became a mind thing. I'm like, man, if I start thinking struggle, it starts struggling with me. But, but, you know, that has nothing to do with what I was talking about. But, but I had that. I had, I had to, yeah. Yeah, so, we're, so we were working. And I'm telling you, we were sore. After working with that thing, you're using muscles you don't normally ever use. All and right. then we're, I'm, I'm right. bending down and I'm trying to clean up old paint spots and stuff like that. So I did probably a thousand squats, you know, a day for like three days in a row. So on that last day, it's time to start glossing the floor. It, it has been stained. It has been fixed. It has been, I mean, it was making mud like if Harvey came in and, you know, Hurricane Harvey and there was mud. And we were shoveling up mud that this machine made. It was a mess. And we were sore. And it was hard work. And uh, when, when uh, on the last day, I said, I started to say something negative like, man, I can hardly believe how strong I am. <laughs> I changed my words around. Everybody ever do that? It gets halfway out there, you change it back around and it's something positive. I said, I, I said, did you hear I just said that? He said, I saw you do that, Pastor. He said, I saw you. I heard you. I heard you. But yeah, so so you can do that. You start to say something negative and you realize, oh, oh, crap. I'm not supposed to be talking like that. Turn it around. Turn it around. What before it gets all the way out there? Hold that critical word back. All right. Turn it around. Turn it into something and something positive. So words have been found to have an effect on water. This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Dr. Masuro Emoto. From Japan, obviously. He studied, he studied water and the effects of words, spoken words, over the water. And so on this, on this over here, this is water that he, that he spoke to. He put it in a jar and he put, and he put a, a, a tape on the outside of it, just a piece of tape. And he wrote words of encouragement on the, on the jar. 
And then every day he would speak to that jar of water and say things that were positive, like, like words of love and encouragement and I love you and, um, you know, just good words. Thank you. Um, good words. He would speak over, over these bottles of water. And then on the other bottles of water, he'd speak things like, I hate you. I'm going to kill you. Um, just terrible, ter uh, ugly words he spoke over the other bottles of water. And then he froze them and he looked at them under a microscope and this is what, what happens. See how the love words and the thank you words form like beautiful crystals? Yeah. And then over here, this has no form. It's discolored. And there's no, there's no connection. And think about it. Your body is 70% water. 70% water. This is the effects of words on water. Think about it. You start talking to your body. And you start declaring the word of God over your body. You know, my youth is renewed like the eagles. He satisfies my mouth with good things. So that I'll eat a cucumber instead of some cake. And I'll be satisfied. Glory to God. Amen. So you begin to speak over your body. Amen. My body is full of vim, vigor, and vitality. My eyes are like uh, Moses. Was it Moses' eyes weren't even dim? Yeah. It was Moses was old and his eyes never even got dim. He didn't have to wear his readers. <laughs> so you can, you can speak over your body. You know, the Bible says, I believe it's 120 days. There's a scripture that says that, that, that you can live up to 120, 120 days, 120 years. 120 years. And I know Pastor Bridget just posted the other day it, on Facebook that she's believing God for 120 years, Sean. Yeah. 120 yeah. years. But in good health. I'll be 120 years talking about. <laughs> I want to be 120 just with my right mind. Yeah. I want to be strong. Yeah. You can work out. You know, you can reverse the clock. Thank you, Lord. Help me to work out. Yeah. Praise the Lord. You know, January's coming. We all going to join the gym. We all going to join the gym in January. And I'm not going to say it. But normally by March, we're going to quit. No, no, no. I'm going to take off the list. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to work out. Get in shape so we can live a long life. Amen. Yeah. So it's important that we're intentional about our words. Now, you know what? He, he, did, a, he did another test. Listen to this. With, with rice. He took jars and he put rice in the jars. And then he added water to the jars. And he began to do the same thing. Speak over those, over those jars. Good things. And, and then uh, he would speak negative things over the other, jar, over other jars. And then there was a third category. He used to say nothing to it. All right, come on, Pastor. Okay. He didn't say anything. Preach. The first jar where he spoke negative things began to grow mold. After, for 30 days he did this. The, so the, the negative jar they said ugly things to, you're stupid. I hate you. Words like that, they grew mold. The jar that he spoke good things over, that jar stayed, the, the rice stayed nice and white, the water yes. stayed clear, and the one that he said nothing to began to grow mold too. Come on, Pastor. Come on, Pastor. Open your mouth. Come on. Open your mouth. You want to leave stuff to chance. It's like you leave it to chance. Death wins. Cursing wins. Yeah. Wow. Glory to God. I was just thinking, y'all can look that guy up. He's, he's awesome. I've got his name here if you want to if you want to look him up. Um Motu. Oh. Masura, M-A-S-U-R-U, Emoto, E-M-O-T-O. Masuru, M-A-S-U-R-U, Masuru, Emoto, E-M-O-T-O. Yeah, not to be confused with Nazario. Okay, so number three, we should become intentional about our words. So if all this is true, he was very intentional about the words that he spoke to the rice and the words that he spoke to the water. So we should become intentional about what we speak. Um, not just the words that we do say, but intentional about the words that we do not say. You know, the children of Israel, when they went in to take Jericho, what did God tell them to do? What did he tell them to do? Think about it. He said, I want you to go. Jericho was securely shut up with walls all the way around it, right? Yeah. He said, I want you to go. And he said, I want you to have the, the, the uh, priest carry the Ark of the Covenant. And I want you to march around Jericho seven times 
a day for six days, and don't you say a word. Don't say anything. Well, how are we doing this? This don't make no sense. My feet have blisters from yesterday. Here we are again. Don't say nothing. Nothing. It's like Grandma used to say, if you can't say something nice, Sometimes we just have to just put our mouth over our, put our hand over our own mouth. Just hush up. He said, keep your, keep your mouth shut. He said, and on the seventh day, I want you to march around it seven times. Six times, keep your mouth shut. And on the last time, shout with a great wow. shout. And the walls fell down flat. Yeah. So Psalm 141.3 says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. See, the thing is, is that we're bringing attention to it. You're going to see in the coming days that you're really going to start to pay attention to words that come out of your mouth. And, uh, and it's going to help you get it back on course. Amen? Proverbs 21.23 says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you'll stay out of trouble. Amen. Proverbs 13.3, those who control their tongue will have a long life. What? Open your mouth can ruin everything. Amen. Number four, with my words, I can frame my world. Now, I used to think it was like a picture frame. It can be like a picture frame, but we've been doing so much construction around here. When you get ready to build a wall or you get ready to build something, you've got to frame it up. All right. You've got to have a blueprint, and then you've got to frame it up. So you can frame up your world. You can frame up what you want in your life by what you're saying. It's intentional. You're building intentionally like a carpenter. How do you know Jesus is a carpenter? Amen. 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 So you've got to frame that thing up. Whatever it is that you're wanting to, to create in your life, you frame it. Look look what it says. That's how God built the whole world, everything. Hebrews 11.3, by faith, we understand that the worlds were what? Framed by the word, created by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Your words are invisible. But it's more than just sound. It's creators. It's creating life or it's creating death. And you know, it doesn't matter how pitiful your situation is. You might be in a real pitiful situation and you're crying about how pitiful it is. Crying will not get it done. Crying will not change your situation. It might be really pitiful. But cry, you can be pitiful or powerful, but you can't be both. At the same time, decide I'm going to be powerful and I'm going to speak God's word. You know, the situation was pitiful when um, when um, I lived on Lee Road. Just right, just right over here, right there, turn, turn left and go down Lee Road, right before the water tower. We own 20 acres right there. We planned to build a church on that property. And uh, we put a mobile home in the back, and I lived in the back of a mobile home. And we, I, I would have to walk 20 acres from the front all the way to the back. Sometimes the road would be so muddy, I could not get my car through, so I'd have to walk the 20 acres from the front to the back. Back then, we wore stockings, pantyhose. My pantyhose would get snagged on the stickers. That's serious. That's the truth. Really. I'd have to get out of the... You were there. You were there. Yeah. I'd have to get out of the car, take my shoes off, put my water boots on, and um, and, and go to the house. If I had Bibles, I usually carried like three translations of the Bible. You remember when I was like that? I carried the Bible with me everywhere I went. Three translations of the Bible. And the Strong's was also good quarters, just in case God spoke so Ready. We're playing. So I have to carry all of that because I couldn't leave it in the car. What if God spoke to me at home? You could look it up on the internet back then. You had that the book. So I carry all that. If I had groceries, I got that hooked around something. If it's dark, I got a flashlight. If it's raining, add to an umbrella. In my water boots. And I just cry, oh, God, you see how much I love you. Oh, nobody else would suffer for you like this. Oh, my God. And all my pitiful crying never changed the road. We had already paid for the road, but it wouldn't stop raining. It rained so much that year. It just rained and rained. We'd already paid for it. See, there's some stuff that's already paid come for. On, on, there's some stuff on. God has yeah. already paid for yeah. for us. But we got to stop crying about how pitiful our situation is and start putting pressure on the Word. Yeah. When I had had enough. Yeah. One day I was on my way to work and I stopped and I looked at the road. I said, I have had it with this. Sometimes you got to get just pushed so far that you say, I have had it. Yeah. Yeah. And I looked at that road and I said, I said, road be in Jesus' name. And the next morning I woke up and I heard this loud noise outside. I got up and looked out the window. They had brought 
pumps in to pump the water out of the road so they could pour the stuff that they put on the road. See, they never got the idea to pump the water out the holes until I spoke to it. All right, come, on. come on, stuff starts to change when you yeah, speak yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. He spoke to the heart of people. Why don't we just pump the water out? These poor people, let me just go get this done. And they, the road went in the next day when I spoke to it. When you've had enough, you'll start talking to it. Amen. When your season changes, when it's a new season, it's time to talk to stuff. Yeah. When I fought to become a photographer, fought to because I had no education, had a terrible upbringing, no, no um, high school diploma, nothing. But I became a photographer. And, and through a long series of events, um, got up in the door. I own my own photography studio. I, t I just put the picture out that I took of President Bush and Barbara Bush back on the table back there. But I own my own photography studio. But God had called me into ministry, so my heart wasn't at that studio anymore. It was time for a new season. And I hadn't said it, but I felt it in my heart. I can't be here anymore. And finally, when I walked in the door one day, I said... I can't do this anymore. My heart is not here. I'm ready to sell this place. As soon as I said that, the phone rang. I was normally there, never there at night, but this was the night I was there. It was a Tuesday night. The phone rang the moment I said, I'm ready to sell this place. Do you hear me? Amen. The phone rang the moment I said, I'm ready to sell this place. The phone rang. I picked up the phone. I normally never answered my phone. I had a staff who answered my phone. I answered the phone. The girl on the phone said, I heard you're selling your studio. It was a girl I had mentored. I said, I am selling my studio. She said, well, my aunt has been telling everybody she's going to buy your studio. God already had a woman ahead of me. Had I ever even spoken who was already declaring that she, she already had a faith declaration that she was going to buy my studio before I ever got the download. I was ready to sell it. I told her to come and look at it. Long story short, 30 days later, she had the keys and I had the money and I was out of the photography business and I was in full-time ministry. But that season, when that season was over and I was ready to embrace the next season, I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to sacrifice God. I'm ready to do whatever it takes to be this preacher you called me to be. I'm ready to close the door on photography and become this woman of God. You want me? I'm ready to completely give myself to it. Not holding anything back. You call me to preach? Okay, God, come on, let's do this. The moment you speak to it, God can do something in, in 10 minutes. The phone can ring in 10 minutes when you start talking. Yeah. Things can change yeah. in 10 minutes. He's a miraculous God. Yeah. When you talk to it, stuff begins to change. Amen. Then just a few short months ago, when we were getting ready to, we were believing God to get this place. We had our, our down payment money in our hand. We're ready to go. We're ready to do it. I go down to sign the, con the, the contract to, to lease this place. And he tells me, this is the middle of September. This is like right at the end of September. He says, well, I'm going to take these checks and hold on to them. He said, but there's somebody else who wants to rent the whole thing, this space and the space through that big wall right there. They want to rent They want to rent both of them, but you only want half of it. So we'd rather go with them. But I'm there to sign the contract. How dare he? How dare he? So I said, okay, but you better tell the owner that God came and got me out of the Starbucks line and sent me over there to look at this place. And we've already declared it. It's our place. So that other deal is never going to work out. I said, well, I don't mind telling him, but I got bold and in his face and said, you do it. You take a week if you want to. He said, I'll let you know in a week if you have it. I said, okay, that's fine, but I know it's already mine. Boldly declared to him. So I left from there and I came over here. And right here on this floor was this ladder. Kevin and I had come in and we put blue tape down and we we had taped it off about how we were going to separate this place and how we were going to make it. You know, this was going to be a sanctuary. That was we were, you know, we put tape on the floor. I came in and those other people had taken my tape, ripped it up off the floor, and put it on the ladder. And there sat that ladder right here in this spot where I'm standing. There sat that ladder. With my tape and my floor plan wadded up. As if they just wadded up my plans and said, and, and see, I could have gotten depressed and could have gotten down and put my mouth on it and said, well, maybe I just need to find somewhere else. And you don't know how bad I want to go look for something else. Just to have it in my hip pocket, sis. Just in case. But I said, no. I stood and I pointed my finger at that ladder and I said, you do not scare me. Amen. 
point your finger at stuff and tell it, you do not scare me. The same way David stood in front of Goliath, it was like this ladder was defying me. You will not have this place. Oh, yes, I will. Just like David pointed his finger at Goliath and he said, no, you know what? You come at me. You come at me with your spear and your javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. See, you can't lose with the stuff we use. So I pointed my, just like David pointed his finger at Goliath and said, you know what, today I'm going to take your head off your shoulders. And I'm going to feed not just your carcass, but all the carcasses of all the whole army of the Philistines. I'm going to feed y'all all to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the field. Y'all going down. He was a little shepherd boy. And Goliath was a giant, but he didn't mind sticking his finger in his face and saying he knew exactly who he was and who his God was. And his God is going to back him up. So I want you to not be afraid to point to that giant and say, you're going down. You're going down. Amen. And then Elijah, on a clear, beautiful day. The prophet Elijah, on a clear, beautiful day, there was not a cloud in the sky. Come on, Pastor. Just as clear as it could be. He said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I hear a rainstorm somewhere. Sound like it's coming this way. I don't see nothing, Elijah. So what Elijah did was he took his head and he put it, he shut his eyes and put his head down between his knees. And he didn't look at what was around him. Come on now. But he said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. He kept saying, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And he kept sending his servant to go look and see. He said, go look and see if you see rain. Go look at the sky. I need you to find me a rain cloud. Just find me one rain cloud. Seven times he went back and came back. And Elijah kept saying, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. There is a rainstorm. There's a rainstorm coming. There hadn't been rain for three years. But he he prayed up a rainstorm. He declared up a rainstorm. Finally, the, the servant comes back and says, it ain't much. Just a cloud about the size of a man's hand. Way up yonder. He got up right away. He said, come on, get up. It's here. The rain is here. And there yeah. came, there came a, a big, huge storm. The yeah. Bible said he was a man with a nature like yours and mine. Yeah. And he prayed that it wouldn't rain. It didn't rain for three years. And then he prayed again and the heavens gave its rain. Your words matter. Yes, yes they do. Your words are powerful. Number five, God is passionate about doing his word. He wants to confirm the word with signs following. He, he wants to confirm his word. He wants to do his word. He's passionate about it. You know, we're in the Christmas season. And I, I, I quoted this to you last week, but I wanted you to see it. I want you to look how Isaiah, how Isaiah said it like it already was. Even though this was a thousand years before Jesus was born, at least. It says, for unto us a child... What's the next word? Is. For unto us a child is, is born. Unto us a son is. is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even... Forever. Forever. Yes. And then look at the next line. The seal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So God is passionate about performing his word. I mean, you know, Jesus did come. Yes. Jesus did come in, the, in that manger. He did come and go. They sent him to Egypt. He did come and they, he moved into Nazareth and became a Nazarene. He did do exactly everything that the word said he would do. God was passionate about it. Look at Isaiah here where it says, where it, it declared this, Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a son. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. This is Isaiah a thousand years before Jesus was ever born. There's going to be a virgin. And she is going to uh, conceive a child. It will be the son of God. And his name shall be Emmanuel. Which is translated God with us. God is now with us. Hallelujah. God is passionate about performing his word. He's passionate. He's full of zeal about doing 
what he says he'll do. So when you speak his word, God gets excited. Because he gives him something to work with. God doesn't just do stuff by himself. He works in partnership with us, his children. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Lord, that we're really getting a real revelation on our words. That, Lord, the words that we speak are changing things around in our life. Father, our journals, as we write those things down, we thank you that the Holy Spirit meets with us when we grab that pen and open that book, that the Holy Spirit starts to talk to us. We're sensitive to his spirit. We hear his words and we write it down, God, so that, Lord, we can have some direction in our, in our thought life, some direction in our speaking, some direction in, the, in speaking the word of God and praying God and believing those things that we receive them as we say them. So, Lord, we praise you that we're getting real revelation on this. And, Lord, we're acting on it. And we declare a hundredfold return on this word that we're speaking, that we're learning. Thank you, Father. We receive it now in Jesus' mighty name. So maybe you hear this morning. You say, Pastor Sally, you know, today I'm not right with God. I want to get my life right with God. Would you pray for me today? I sure will. In just a moment, I'm going to pray with you. And so what I'd like for you to simply do is to just... Get the attitude of your heart straight and ready right now that I'm getting ready to talk to God. And God is ready to hear what I have to say. And look where, where you've been going the wrong direction. God's ready. God is ready to walk with you. He's ready to move in and, and, and to begin to steer your life. We have to let him steer our life. We have to let him become Lord of our lives. And so I'm about to pray with you. Say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God, but I want to be right with God. Maybe you've turned your back on God. Maybe you had been walking close with God, but you turned your back on Him. Today's a good day to turn around. Just turn around and face God and say, Lord, here I am. His, his tender mercies and His loving kindness are forever. It's better than life. Not only that, but His mercies are new every morning. God will never reject you. He'll never reject you. He loves you greatly loves you. He dearly prizes you as a as something very special to him. He's not mad at you. But he's ready to take you back. He's ready to receive you. So in this moment right now, it's very special. It's very precious. It's very holy. We're about to talk to God. And things are about to change. About to be put back in right relationship with him. And his arms are thrown open wide. And he's ready to put you Back in line. And back in line doesn't mean at the back of the line. He restores you to your rightful position. Amen. Amen. All right. So with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, just close, just repeat this prayer prayer after me. Just say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up. Sometimes on purpose. Sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry. I believe that you sent Jesus to pay the price for my sins and die in my place. Jesus, I believe that God raised you from the dead on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I give you my all. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart. What I'd like for you to do, you have to confess. You have to confess Christ. It doesn't mean I'm going to ask you to stand up or wave or anything like that. But what I would like for you to do is to simply take the connection card that you filled out. Or if you hadn't filled it out, go ahead and fill it out. And then on the back, there's a place... With a big checkbox that just says, yes, I say yes to Jesus and commit my life to Christ. So just put a big check mark on there. And I want you to turn it in, in the offering. In just a moment, we're going to receive our offering in a basket. It's going to come through your aisle. When it does, just place the card in there. I'll see that your name um, is on there and that you have uh, selected that you've chosen Christ today. I want to call you. I'll call you myself, and I'll let you know what your next steps are in Christ. Amen? Because it's important, even critical, that you know what to do next. Amen? So I want to make sure that you get that information. All right? So um, please go ahead and put that check mark on the back there and um, drop it in the offering in just a moment. It's a great day when you decide to receive Christ. It's a big deal.
Yes. It's a big deal. I don't remember exactly the day when I did it, exactly what the date was, but I, I make it around August the 14th or 15th because it was around the middle of August. So I don't know the actual day, but that's that's the day that I celebrated, August of 1994. So um, you can, the, the good news is, is that today you can write the date down and, and know it forever and not forget it, right? What is today? December the... 16th. 16th, 2018. So you can always remember that it was today. All right? All right. Well, it is offering time. All right. This is the time of our service where we return our tithes and we give offerings over and above. There's several ways you can do that. You can give with your envelope, which is right there in your, in your welcome packet. There is a slip. You can fill out the slip and um, uh, give with your credit card. Or you can simply download the Acceleration Church app.